Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Scared money don't make money. Get your shirt right here at GatorsBreakdownMerch.com. Billy Napier, new head coach at Florida, coined the phrase. You can share it out there with this T-shirt design. Scared money, don't make money. Get it at GatorsBreakdownMerch.com. And also, you can start your winning season at MyBookie. Sign up with MyBookie. Use our promo code GATORS to get your first ever deposit match dollar for dollar. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime at MyBookie. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Starting at $3 a month, get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shoutouts, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to gatorsbreakdown.supportingcast.fm to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter, at GatorDave underscore SEC. Let's get to know Billy Napier a bit more. Got some contacts there. Reached out to, of course, a lot of you remember Josh Cole from the Regular Review podcast. He hopped on the Gators Breakdown Twitter spaces. Uh, last week, give us some insight on Billy Napier. Now that the hire is official, bringing Josh back on here for a, a deep dive interview into Billy Napier and his time at Louisiana. But also going back to his time at Alabama a bit too. My good friend Kevin Hagan jumps on. You guys have heard him the last couple of times Florida and Alabama have played last year in the SEC championship game and then uh, this past season as well. Uh, so we'll go back to his time at Alabama, his connection to Nick Saban, Jim McElwain, and uh, and all that stuff that goes along with that. So two good interviews here to get us uh, even more acquainted with the Gators' new head coach. So a lot, lot to really get into with those two guys as far as Billy Napier uh, and him being now the head coach at the University of Florida. Uh, before we move further, remember, you can find Gators Breakdown at news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. And check us out on your favorite podcast platform. If you're on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. It really helps us out here on Gators Breakdown. All right, you guys have been waiting for it. Here we are with Josh Cole from the Raging Review Podcast joining us right here on Gators Breakdown. Join us last week. Just surprise, jump in for the uh, uh, the uh, Twitter spaces uh, there when it, we, you, the day after Florida fired Dan Mullen, uh, all the talk about the coaching search. Billy Napier's name's already hot. Uh, you know, even early in the process, Billy Napier's name's there. So, Josh, man, I can't thank you enough. First, first of all, for hopping on today, uh, but also you know hopping in a, a week ago on that on that Twitter spaces and really kicking this thing off for uh, about a what what six day search, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, it didn't take very long, did it? Uh, you know, as far as the Twitter space, sometimes, you know, the best your best friend can be timing. And yeah, uh, like like we've kind of touched on before, I really just got in to hear what you guys thought about Billy and uh, felt compelled to answer some questions. So it was it was a cool deal, and it's been fun getting to know your your fan base and some of those characters uh, on each each side of both extremes, uh, good and the bad. But no, man, it's been a, it's been a good ride. You know, it's, it's sad to lose Billy, but at the same time you got to let your people fly. And uh, I think Billy is in a great position, just like I told you a week ago. Um, 
if he had to leave us, Gainesville was where I wanted him to end up. Sounds good. Sounds good. So everybody, you can check out Josh at Raging Review Podcast and a couple others there uh, getting that podcast going there. And I know a lot of Gator fans have listened to it uh, in the last couple of weeks or, or the last week or so uh, with, uh, with with you coming over and you getting noticed by Gator Nation there. So uh, it's been a, a pretty good partnership in the, the last week or so uh, between the uh, Raging Cajun fan base and, and, and Gator Nation. So, um, Josh, you called it last week. Uh, if Napier was going to leave Lafayette, that it wouldn't be for LSU, like most people thought it would just be a shoe in because of the location of being in Lafayette, being in Louisiana. Uh, but he didn't leave for LSU. He left for Gainesville. Uh, but you know, an eventful last week. I think that people struggle to understand the difference between an agent doing his due diligence and a coach having interest, right? You have to field certain requests and you have to make certain inquiries in order to continue in your coaching um, experience and your, in your coaching climb of the ladder, so to say, you know, I've seen everywhere and look, Twitter is not a great place for super accurate information, but you know, there are people from Baton Rouge saying that there was really never any real interest from Woodward on Napier, uh, Napier, well, Napier camp made some, some tangential uh, requests to have meetings and whatnot. Look, I can tell you for a fact there was contact between Baton Rouge and the Billy Napier camp. So whatever you read out there, don't believe that. Baton Rouge will go to the ends of the earth to try to keep their reputation intact. What we all know here, if you don't live inside of the Baton Rouge bubble, we all understand that they're going through investigations that would make anybody blush. I mean, you've got the FBI involved. You've got the NCAA involved. You've got the state involved. Uh, it, I mean, federal crimes have been broken in Baton Rouge. A guy like Billy Napier, while maybe his agent reached out to make contact to further his name in the coaching search, uh, I, I just will never – it'll never happen. I, I will never be able to bring myself to believe that there was real interest from Billy Napier himself to actually take the job. So that's why – and weeks ago we knew that. So that's why I was able to say that on Gator Breakdown the first time. Uh, I said it with conviction and I meant it. And obviously the results have, have come to fruition. I mean, look, he's a Gator. Uh, I don't think that if it was – I don't think that if the contact was as substantial as they want you to, to not think it was, I don't think it would have ever even come out in the media. Uh, and I, I said that to you guys. Uh, so, no, th there was definitely contact there, for, for sure from Jimmy Sexton, uh, his agent. And, and I think that Billy's – his aim was always Gainesville from the jump. And we've confirmed now that – Billy Napier was the top and only target for the University of Florida. That's come out. So I think that speaks for itself, Dave. Yeah, Josh. So, you know, why ultimately make the move now? Uh, is it the, the Florida that, that passing up that opportunity, you, you just can't do it? Uh, you, is it too good of a job to pass up? Uh, what, what about Florida do you think was the appeal for Napier? Well, first of all, he's from that part of the country. Cartersville, Georgia's right there. He knows the people. He knows the area. He's a family man. I guarantee you it played a role. Um, coaching under Saban, being able to have that pipeline around that area in the SEC as a whole, but specifically the panhandle of Florida, North Florida, uh, South Georgia, East Tennessee, all those areas, that's, that's Billy's bread and butter, okay? I think that that played a huge role. Look, he's got his pipeline in Louisiana. That's not going to go anywhere. Uh, but I think that the opportunity to really exploit those contacts and, and relationships um, really make Gainesville uh, the most uh, attractive job to Billy, for, for, in my opinion, if you're asking me. Uh, I think that, again, timing is, is a lot. He's losing a senior class that has a lot of talent, uh, has been through a lot of wars, trust each other. Chemistry is a hard thing to build. Um, he's seen his staff over the last two years specifically, but the last three years, really, if you look at it, be plucked by bigger programs. I think he understands that it's going to continually get harder to win in the G5 uh, level when all of his, you know, the guys that he trusts get plucked every year. I think at a Florida, you can have a little bit more stability year in and year out. I think that's attractive to Billy. Uh, I think that I think that Napier, before he decided to take the job, I think that one of his one of his wish list items, if you want to call it that, was uh, support staff, money, money for resources, money for really investing in the infrastructure of your program. 
it, it was a, a demand at Louisiana. I don't know what's in place at Florida, but I guarantee you his demands were to bulk up that infrastructure. And you're going to see your, your analyst staff grow. You're going to see your nutrition staff grow. You're going to see your strength and conditioning staff grow. Whatever the University of Florida was willing to give to Billy in order to build that infrastructure, a la Nick Saban in Alabama, that's what's going to happen. And I think that you're going to be very excited about the results. Uh, but I think, again, timing, I think the resources that uh, that the University of Florida have to offer, passionate fan base. Another thing is it's the path to a national championship. And like I told you last time, the guy's ambitious and he wants to win a national championship. He wants to compete at the highest level of the sport. And while he is uh, the son of a high school ball coach, uh, he understands that, look, a competitor, in, in the heart of a real competitor, competing with the best is the only way to, to quench that thirst, right? And Florida gives him all those opportunities. Uh, I think it's a 10, top 10, top 12 job in, the, in America. Josh, you mentioned infrastructure, and that is something we've hit hard on uh, for Florida and needing that change. And, look, I was hoping – I was hoping there would be demands like that because we think that's what Florida's been lacking. Florida's not acting like you kind of say, not acting like a top 10, top 12 program with some of the things that's been going on behind the scenes. And I was hoping whoever the next head coach would be, but that's one reason I wanted Napier was because I believe in, in the vision that you just shared about him, that's the kind of leadership, that's the kind of direction, that's the kind of approach Florida needs to get back in that upper echelon of college football. And look, Dan Mullen, one of the best exes and his coach out there. I'll, I'll give him that credit, but my worry was, how's he going to break Florida up from the Jim McElwain era? How's recruiting going to go? Is he going to build up that part of the program? And it never really came around that way. That's why Billy Napier really, even though at Louisiana, I, I know a lot of people will, will shun at that, but I'm like, well, you know, he, he needed to go somewhere to learn and at least put his plan in action. And he put his plan in action. It paid dividends there. And now we get to go see him do it at a big program. Sure. And look, I like to make analogies on the podcast. I'll do one here. You can you can renovate your kitchen with the nicest granite and the nicest cabinetry and, and all that stuff, the nicest appliances. If the walls fall in, the house is worth nothing. And Billy used that. Look, again, results speak for themselves. His process works. He came in and he said, listen, I, I want your job. I really do. But in order to keep me here, and, you know, Dave, he stayed four years. He probably stayed two years longer than we thought. OK. And he said, in order to keep me here, I need this for my staff. I need this amount of money to keep good coaches. I need to boost all of the uh, the programs that I mentioned uh, further uh, before. I mean, uh, like I told you about the suit, the, the suit donation where we wanted our guys going to job interviews in suits. Uh, he raised the money to do that. Not only did he believe in it and he had conviction in his belief to build men. He went out and showed them how to be men, how to how to interview for a job, how to show up and brand themselves. That's huge, but it's part of the infrastructure that we talk about. There's so much that goes into co uh, collegiate football, and, and you guys do a great job of covering all that. I, I wish that we talked more about the human element of these student athletes. One thing I really respect about Billy Napier and uh, the trust that he built here was based upon him putting the student back in student athlete around this area, and he's going to do the same thing at Florida. He's going to build and invest in these guys, and it's going to build trust within the program. He's going to do it at, at all levels, the administrative level, the player level, and the staff level. He will do it, and he'll, he'll talk about it. And uh, judge him on his, his day-in and day-out activity. I, I, think that, I think that you'll find pretty quickly uh, he's a guy that you can wrap your arms around. But he did it because he followed through in what he said he wanted to do. When he got a raise – he took portions of that to fund different areas of the program. He didn't just take his money and go staff it or stash it under his mattress. <laughs> I mean, the guy put the money to use, and he told Brian Maggard, our athletic de uh, department leader, he has a new title. I always forget what it is. It's super complicated. <laughs> but our athletic director, okay, he told him, he said, I need these men around me. I need this staff around me if you want me to be successful. To Brian Maggard's credit, he made it happen, and Billy delivered the goods. That'll happen in Florida. Josh, so you mentioned competing for a national championship. He's the ultimate competitor. Is that ultimately why you think he turned down the the other jobs uh, that were out there that seemed to be he was a shoe-in for maybe a South Carolina, Tennessee, a Mississippi State, Auburn, or whatever those schools, maybe even Virginia Tech coming up in this year, if he was going to eventually take that or maybe even not take it because of a path to a national championship. Is that another reason why you – I mean, you said he chose Florida, but maybe why he – 
had those four years at Louisiana and, and, and biding his time and waiting for the perfect job to come open? Yes, I do think that's part of it. Uh, I mentioned the human element, okay? He is a guy of, you know, we hear this, this thrown around all the time, but he's a man of principle. He knows what he, he wants in life, and he knows the path that he wants to take. His wife loves it here. His kids were involved in youth sports. They loved it here, too. Um, we, don't, we don't talk enough about how important it is to trust the people that you work for, love your job, and feel supported. He was supported by this community. He was supported by his bosses and his, his, you know, the president of the university, who he thanked in a very classy uh, farewell letter that he released yesterday. He loved it here. And I got to tell you, Dave, making $2 million in Lafayette, Louisiana, not so bad of a living, okay? Yeah. Uh, you know, so money was right for a while, and he, he continued to be able to attract top-level assistance. So he didn't really need to make the move, and I give him credit for betting on himself. But at the same time, if I'm going to make a move from a place that I'm comfortable, I'm going to make that move when I get literally everything I want. And South, South Carolina, excuse me, uh, Mississippi State couldn't offer him that. At Auburn, he was going to be controlled by crazy boosters. I mean, let's be honest. They run that program. Um, there are other jobs that he turned down because they weren't willing to make the investment in the infrastructure. They weren't willing to, to invest in the, the tertiary programs that to some might seem, you know, extravagant or unnecessary. Billy's proven that those programs actually attract better athletes. Our, our recruiting in this state over the last three, three and a half years has been better than it's ever been. I mean, we have, we've attracted several top 100 recruits that in the past would go to LSU, would go to tech, you know, uh, even ULM would pull from, from, they have a great recruiting base up in North Louisiana. So they, they were able to attract a couple of big time athletes, but you know, Tulane, we've got, we've got too many four-year universities in the state of Louisiana. So the pool gets diluted very quickly. Mm -hmm. You see, so Louisiana was, we were struggling to constantly recruit well year in and year out. Billy changed that. Okay. So I, I'm just here to tell you, there are several reasons why he ultimately decided to take the job timing path to a national championship. And again, the guy's ambitious. He wants to, he wants to, uh, to go head up against a guy like Saban. Why some people, while some people won't take the job because they don't want to run up against that obstacle, Billy relishes the opportunity. I can tell you that from the little bit that I know about him personally. Josh, you mentioned staff turnover uh, a couple times, and I know that was something that was big this past offseason coming into this season for him, and you've mentioned it's happened a couple times in his career there. Why the continued success? Is it really just hiring the right guys each in? Of course it's hiring the right guys year in and year out to replace the ones that left, but I mean, this is the head guy making these decisions, so I'm assuming it's, it starts with him uh, and his process of building the program and keeping it, keeping it going. That's a big part of it. Foundation, obviously, is the most important thing. We have a very senior-laden bunch for this specific team. Uh, the last two years, especially, we, you know, we got a little bit of a break with the, with the COVID super senior stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We had some guys that got a, an extra year of eligibility. But, again, this staff convinced these guys to come back. You know, if, in a toxic environment, that doesn't happen. You know, in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in an environment where people don't feel valued, they don't stay, you know. Again, credit to Billy and credit to the staff that convinced these guys to come back and, and give it another run and, and we've done that. But Billy, again, has all the best relationships that you can possibly imagine. And you, you guys will really see that when he assembles his first staff at Florida. And we're already starting to hear names come out and, and they're, they're kind of eye popping. So good for you. Uh, but again, specific to our team, he trusts some of his younger interns that, you know, were GAs at certain stops. He trusts them to, to know the system that they implemented and to run it to perfection. And I'll tell you that there's a few games early in the season when you look at our schedule, the, the scores don't make a lot of sense. But Billy let those guys do their jobs, and he trusted them to figure it out. And as the season progressed, our, our chemistry on the field, our senior leadership on the field had a big part in riding the ship. But, but those coaches really learned a lot over this season. And towards the end of the year, we're playing our best ball. Again, that's a credit to the staff, credit to the players, I think. Did you expect any of the current staff uh, to, to, to follow him to Florida? I mean, that was a big thing. That Dan Mullen basically brought his whole entire Mississippi State staff over to Florida. And at 
when at the beginning of it, you was like, okay, you can kind of see it because they're known as developers, and this you know this team really needs to be developed. Uh, but you know, coming from you know, it's going to be you know an adjustment for Billy himself coming from Louisiana uh, to Florida. But then you know, I guess it would also be for a big amount of, if if he brings a large amount of the staff as well. Well, first of all, I think that Billy's smart enough to understand he needs to retain somebody on the staff that's in place. It's good for relationships with recruiting. It's good to have a liaison to the administration to get to know the place, right? We had a great guy named Troy Wingerter that took that role when he got here, and I think it paid dividends for Billy. It took the stress off of the small things, uh, and I think, I think he'll do the same. I think he'll repeat that. Uh, as far as who will come with him, look, man, not a lot of people know this name, and I've been talking about it a lot lately. Patrick Tony, our defensive coordinator, is an absolute star in the making. He's an 18 to 20 hour a day type of guy. And I know we hear that a lot in college football, but he is the real deal. Uh, he is one of the bright young minds in college football. And I, I'm not just saying that because I'm biased. I mean, I, I try to be as objective as I can because, you know, we, we love college football. We watch everybody. Yeah. Um, this guy had the, the audacity to go to Iowa State, a Big 12 offense, with a Heisman contending quarterback and play man against a Big 12 offense with big time receivers. Uh, against an NFL running back, okay? Brock Purdy did nothing that day. If you go back and look at the stats, it, it, takes, it takes some belief in your guys to do that, to even, to even attempt to put to, together a game plan that would, that would call for a bunch of man, you know? So I've always respected him for that. He makes great in-game adjustments. I think that that is an underrated thing about Patrick Toney. Um, so I think he'll be there. Uh, it's not 100%, obviously. Um, I think that he'll take Mark Hockey, the strength and conditioning coach. Those guys are very close. I know the, uh, there's a lot of love for Nick Savage over there at Florida, and I know a lot of people may want to keep him on staff. I think hockey's going to end up following Billy. Again, that's an opinion. Uh, yeah. I think that um, the offensive line assistant at the New York Giants, Rob Sale, uh, Billy Napier's best friend and his former OC here. is that's probably the name I've heard the most. Yeah. Uh, well, and I'll tell you why. I think it's another circumstantial situation. I think Judge is going to be fired probably next year before Christmas for the Giants. I just un – unfortunately, Gettleman just – he can't get it together, and Judge is going to have to take the rap. They may all be fired. And I think that Rob probably knows that better than anybody. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if Napier reaches out and tells him, look, you want some job security, come on, get it. Because, you know, he'll kill he, – he, they are friends. They are, they're boys, but Rob Sale is one of the best in the business. He built the offensive line here in his mold, and we've put out uh, – I think there's two NFL – Robert Hunt and Kevin Dotson last year for the, for the Dolphins and Steelers, and we're going to put two more in the next two years and probably a, a third in the next three years. So the offensive line here has been the strength of the team, and like, you can't take away any of that from Rob Sale. He built this, he built this thing. Uh, so I would look out for that name as well. Those are the names right now that I, I would pay attention to if I'm a Gator fan. Outside of that, a lot of speculation. But I do think that he'll keep a few on staff to, to get familiar with the ins and outs of how it goes around in Gainesville. But yeah, that's, that's what we know for, for now. Okay, sounds good. Uh, recruiting, of course, that's probably the biggest uh, topic coming up for Gator Nation here and Billy Napier coming over. So, you know, while not not every day going head-to-head -head with LSU and the other big programs that come in and get a player or two uh, in, in that state, um, it really seems like Napier was really garnering a reputation uh, in the state for doing it the right way. I read an article this morning. It was basically a, um, a Q&A uh, of high school coaches around the area and you could, or around the state, and you could just tell that the, the amount of respect uh, in the high school community that Billy Napier had in that world. So, you know, give us the, the spill there of uh, the, just the relationship building uh, of recruiting because, look, we didn't hear a whole lot of that uh, under Dan Mullen and Jim McElwain, these last two staffs here, that the reputation uh, of among these high school coaches and just in the state of Florida, we didn't hear very good reviews. We didn't really hear reviews at all. Uh, sometimes we heard, yeah, Florida's not around as much as we thought they'd be, or when they are, interaction's not the best. It does seem like there's a amount of respect for Billy Napier in that high school community there in Louisiana. Sure, and there's a lot to say about it. Uh, in the previous regime under Mark Hudspeth, we burned some bridges uh, similar to what happened with Dan Mullen. When Billy got here, he personally went around the state and introduced himself, said hello, told these guys what – 
they, you know, Louisiana plans how, how we plan to recruit their players. Not only did he do that, he designated a coach. Doesn't matter what their position was. He designated each assistant, some support staff to have a personal relationship with these head coaches around the state at, at these high schools that we recruit. I thought that was a brilliant move. I expect him to do the same at Florida. You have to also remember when he got here, we were on probation. Uh, again, the previous regime was trying to keep their job, played fast and loose with the rules, got us in trouble. So we lost 30-some-odd scholarships for the first year that Billy was here and 27, I believe, the second year. So we were recruiting with an uh, arm tied behind our back, right? He put together quickly two of the best recruiting classes we'd seen here uh, in, in 15 to 20 years with all that going on. I think that's still something that is not talked about enough around here. It was it was nothing short of miraculous. I keep using that word because he worked a lot of magic around here, Dave. I'll just tell you. And I'm, I'm trying not to be too hyperbolic, but obviously you can tell. He changed the program forever in a lot of ways. Uh, but as far as that, he, he just had such great relationships with people because he didn't blow smoke. He was who he was from day one every time you interacted with the guy. And when he told you he was going to do something, he did it. He followed through day in and day out. So as far as recruiting, I think that that Dan Mullen stuff's out the window. And I'll tell you again, we didn't have great relationships around the state, um, even prior to Hudspeth. Hmm. So what, what he did was he built trust over time, and it was actually quicker than we expected. But he built trust. Like I said, when he came in, we had some real issues in the locker room. It, it was a toxic environment, to, to be honest. And he changed that quickly. He changed that quickly, and he did it because he was himself. He's a special guy. Josh Cole with the Raging Review Podcast joining us for a few more minutes here on Gators Breakdown. Let's go on the field a little bit, Josh. Top of offense, uh, a good bit of pistol sets this season, as we see when, when, when uh, Louisiana's on the field on offense. How has the offense evolved in the four seasons? Has it kind of been what we see on the field lately? Uh, how much has it changed in Napier's time there at, in, in Louisiana? I was speaking with Eddie Rosad, and I told him, you know, or it's a Rojas. Am I saying that wrong? Yeah, Rojas, yep. Rojas, my bad. My bad, Eddie, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was telling him, you know, one thing that Billy has always been able to do, if you look at all of his stops, uh, he, he, he is a master at using his personnel. Um, I, 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 it, our offense has evolved in small areas. I think that Billy loves to use the tight end. We've not been able to – Feature the tight end, unfortunately, because of cluster injuries a few years ago. Then we kind of missed on a couple of guys that we thought were, were really going to be able to help us in the block game. Billy is going to want his receivers, his pass catchers, to be good blocking. Because, look, his MO is we're going to run the ball down your throat out of the widespread. We're going to spread you out. We're going to run it down your throat. You saw Eli Mitchell for the 49ers last night, or a, uh, yeah, Sunday night, uh, run for 133 and a touchdown. That's That guy was a prototypical Billy Napier back. We, we have a guy that's on the practice squad at uh, Las Vegas, R Trey Regis. I mean, these guys fit his scheme perfectly. Patient runners that are not scared to run you over, but also high football IQ. That's another thing that we, need, we don't talk about enough is how good of a teacher this guy is and the staff that he assembles. They teach the game well. Uh, I don't know exactly what it is that they do, but they're excellent at their job. Um, so you're going to run the ball. You're going to run the ball out of the gun, out of the pistol, and sometimes you're going to run a lineup in an I formation and just bulldoze people. That's what he wants to do. You're going to probably feature the tight end uh, because, and this is no knock on I guys. I think that the university of Florida is going to be able to get whatever tight end they want. And when you have it and you're a constant mismatch, he's going to exploit you. Um, you expect to take a couple of shots down the field to open up the run game. That's what I expect him to do, but he will recruit wide receivers. that can catch the ball, but also be good wide blockers. He calls them wide blockers and, and it's accurate. So we've evolved here and there, but we've had the same quarterback essentially for four years. He has utilized his ability better than any of us ever expected. Um, you, you know, expect a, a mobile guy who can move around, not necessarily a runner or a run first type of quarterback, but he's going to want an athlete back there that can survey the field and deliver the ball. But if he gets in trouble, he wants to get out of, out of the pocket. That's what you can expect. I think. Josh, that's kind of where, exactly where I was going to go. So Levi Lewis is who you're bringing up, you know, the same quarterback who's been Louisiana playing for a few seasons there uh, under Napier. And as you said, a quarterback that can get away from trouble if he needs to. And if you look at Florida's roster right now, probably looking at Anthony Richardson being the starting quarterback next year for the Gators. 
but some more pocket, what you would probably call more pocket passers behind uh, Anthony Richardson. And look, we've already heard from Nick Evers, the current quarterback commit for Florida, that Napier's going to go visit him or, or talk to him on, on Tuesday. More of a, you know, he's a thrower first. Uh, has the recruiting at the quarterback position been the same style of quarterback as Levi Lewis? Has there been uh, a mix of the, whatever you would call a dual thread and a, and a pocket passer? Because, you know, right now when he walks into to Florida next Sunday, he's going to have dual threat and we'll, we'll see what happens with Emory Jones as well. But dual threat, Emory Jones, Anthony Richardson, along with pocket passers, Jalen Kitna, Carlos Del Rio, and, and Nick Evers coming in as well. Yeah, so I popped on over to your 247 site and I saw some buzz already, which doesn't surprise <laughs> me at all. But, uh, yeah, I think Anthony Richardson, to answer your question, I think is, is in a in a, a mold of a Levi Lewis. I think that yeah. Billy Billy's going to be just right at home with a guy like that. Um, as far as our recruiting, we have a mix of both. We have guys that can hurt you with their feet, but we also have a couple of big kids that can sling it around too. So, uh, again, I think the guy's a master at using what he has. Yeah. But, but, but I, I – He's been able – this is something that's very important. He's been able to get the quarterbacks that he wanted, okay? And, and I know that that sounds like a very basic thing, but I'll give you an example. Stetson Bennett, starting quarterback for the, the number one team in the country right now, was – we convinced him to come here on a gray shirt. And about two weeks before he was set to be on campus, he basically asked, look, I, I need to know that I'm going to be the starting quarterback. And Billy said, you're going to have to earn your spot. Well – Kirby Smart's team called him up somewhere around the same time and said, hey, we got a spot for you. And the kid's from Georgia. So yeah. we, we lost out on Stetson Bennett, and, and that's fine. Good for him. He's doing great things for himself. And it worked out well, fine for us, he's too. From my home, I, I grew up in Georgia. So he's from my hometown in Georgia. So that's, that's so, I, so, you know. going pretty good there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, look, we lost out on that. But outside of that, man, we've been very – uh, successful in getting the guys that we wanted to run his system. And we've got some very talented guys in the quarterback room. You're never going to have an issue at quarterback with Billy Napier as far as I'm concerned. There we go. There we go. And you mentioned defense uh, earlier and with, with his offensive background, is he, is he, is Napier mostly hands off on the defense and lets the defensive coordinator run it or how, how involved do you think he is in the defensive game plans and, 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 in the game as well uh, for the defense. Now he calls his own plays on offense. Uh, so maybe he's not involved on defense as he'd like to be, but how involved do you see him in the game plan and how involved do you see him on defense on game day? Well, in his time here, he never had to worry about the defense because we had two uh, <laughs> outstanding guys. Look, Ron Roberts left us to go be the defensive coordinator for uh, Dave, Dave Aranda over at Baylor. So uh, that was a home run hire. And then PT was our secondary coach, uh, safeties coach, and he moved up and has done a phenomenal job. So uh, I don't know if he cares about defense. I don't think he does because he doesn't have to. Uh, I think he puts all of his preparation in hiring the right guy and letting him uh, that, that hire do his job. Uh, but I can tell you this, and Napier said this uh, early on in the hire here, he likes long, athletic, rangy, defensive backs. That There are times where, and this is not just with Patrick Toney, but with Ron Roberts, we'll play three safeties. Uh, we have guys that are, look, up and down the roster, 6'2", 190, 6'1", 210, 6'3", 200. He recruits those guys specifically. He recruits offensive linemen specifically. There's a size that they have to fit in, and, and they have to be athletic, have to be smart. They're the smartest guys on the team, right? So he's going to recruit a certain type of player. But defensively, you can really pay attention to how your defensive secondary transforms under Billy. He wants a certain guy. Look over at Alabama, and look, I know that Billy is a protege of Saban, but he's very much his own guy. Um, he's taken what he's learned at Alabama and made it his own. And I think he's done a really nice job of marrying his principles with what Saban wanted to do. Uh, but look at look at what Nick has done in his – I mean, he's a defensive a secondary coach. I mean, that, that's his calling card, right? So he built – Billy built his secondary like Nick built his secondary. Big, long guys that can tackle, that can reach out and, and, and defend the pass. Smart. we got a couple of thumpers back there. We are very versatile in the defensive secondary. And he'll do the same thing in Florida because it's something that he preached while he was here. Josh, last thought here, man, before I let you go. Great insight here. What's Louisiana? What's the Raging Cajuns going to miss most about Billy? You got to know something about our culture, Dave. We're, we're, we're loyal people. It's, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword at times. It's hard to get us to trust you. But when we do, we're fans for life. We'll trust you forever. We're loyal. 
Um, I think that the way I think the way that he represented all of us is going to be difficult to replace. Uh, if you've heard a single negative thing about Billy Napier, I'd love to hear it because in four years uh, I live across the street from the complex. I talk to people every day. I get calls. I get texts. I get all that stuff. Not a single bad thing can be said about this guy. And by no means is he perfect. I'm sure that there are things that you can find, whatever. You know, punching a guy in the face in, in a competition is uh, <laughs> one of them, maybe. Uh, unsubstantiated, of course. Uh, but I think we're going to miss his class leadership and the way that he built young men in the program. Of course, you want to win. Of course, you want to be in the national conversation. That's all fun. But at the end of the day, when all this is over, people carry on with their lives after football. Billy Napier built men here. And that's going to be difficult to replace. And I think we'll all miss that very much. Josh, what I'm hoping, man, somehow when you know Oklahoma and Texas are coming in the SEC, Florida had Texas on the schedule, maybe that gets shoved away. I'm, I'm hoping Florida and Louisiana can schedule something. We'll get, get you in Gainesville, get you to a tailgate uh, man. and stuff. But, man, it'd be – you know, I'm glad you, you brought all that insight here and stuff. But ho- I'm hopefully so we can connect down the road somewhere on the field. For sure. Uh, I'm going to be writing letters to Strickland to get a home and home. Hey, I'll settle for a two for one, man. I, I just, I think that, uh, I think it would be fun to get the, the fan bases together and uh, hell, maybe even Billy's the type of guy that would even say, Hey, why don't we throw those guys a bone? They gave me a chance. Like that's the kind of guy he is. So uh, I would strongly encourage all of Gator nation that we've been able, we've been able to form a relationship with to tune in on ESPN uh, Saturday, two 30 or three 30 for you guys. Uh, we're going to play App State, and we're going to be champions. So watch your new coach uh, do his thing and uh, support the boys that brought him to you. Yeah, Josh, I, I, I'll back that up, too. I, I, I went to Georgia Southern as well, so App State uh, holds a special hate. In, oh, in, wow. As well. So uh, <laughs> two, two reasons to pull for Louisiana now on Saturday. So <laughs> Good deal, man. All right, Josh from the Raging Review podcast, giving us all the Billy Napier info that you can handle here on Gators Breakdown. Josh, man, I can't thank you enough. Thanks for having us on, Dave. Appreciate you guys. Good luck. Chomp, chomp. Everybody is trying to cash in on the next best crypto, but if you want a guaranteed way to double your money, all you need to do is use promo code GATORS at MyBookie. It's simple. Sign up at MyBookie with promo code GATORS and get your first deposit immediately doubled all the way up to $1,000. How about that for a great turnaround? With the NFL playoff race heating up, college championship week, college bowl season just around the corner, Double your firepower at MyBookie to get in on the action on the most important games of the season. Build your own props. Create multi-game parlays. Take part in a host of MyBookie cash prize contests. This is the best time of the year to both watch and bet on sports. So don't miss out. Double your first deposit by using promo code GATORS and keep your eyes peeled for more exclusive holiday promotions coming soon. Go to MyBookie.ag and get in on the action. Bet on anything, anywhere, anytime at my bookie. Right, let's dive deeper into Billy Napier, getting to know him some more as the Florida Gators head coach. And joining me now is Kevin Hagan. You guys know him from the last couple of times Florida and Alabama have played last year in the SEC championship game, this year in the Swamp. Uh, as previewing Alabama, so the connection to Nick Saban can continue for our conversation about Billy Napier. So, Kevin, thanks for hopping on and, diving, and giving us this deep dive here. Good morning. Always an honor to join you, and uh, congratulations to you and all the Gator fans for your big win over the Knolls last Saturday. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, it was a skeleton crew staff there, but still got to win uh, <laughs> over FSU anyway. Always great to beat the Crosstown rivals. At least you didn't have to take four overtimes to do it. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you on that one. Alabama gets the, the big win in the Iron Bowl to set up this week's SEC championship game uh, versus Georgia. But, Kevin, let's get into this Billy Napier hire, of course. Uh, that's why we're here. And uh, your initial reaction uh, to, to Billy Napier being named the uh, Florida Gator head coach. I think it's a great, great hire by Scott Strickland for the University of Florida. Um, I'm a little biased because I got to know Billy Napier in his time at the University of Alabama, but I'm a tremendous admirer of him, uh, as is uh, Coach Saban. Uh, I'll be real honest with you, uh, dreading the day when Coach Saban retires. Uh, on my short list of people that I would have been interested in to replace Nick Saban someday, Billy Napier was on that list. Yeah, high praise there. So, uh, Kevin, we, we look at this hire, and you know, what is Florida getting? Uh, in the head coaching hire, uh, uh, Billy Napier, what personality, you know, his approach to the game of football? 
Yeah, Billy is a very, very bright individual. He's a very calculated individual. Uh, he didn't jump at the first head coaching opportunity he had. He chose Louisiana uh, as, a, as a place to get his feet wet, to make some initial coaching uh, miscues, as you will, as you do in your first job. Coach Saban says you know, he cringes to think about how bad of a coach he was at Toledo his first year. Uh, but it was a school that's committed to football. Um, he is a fierce competitor. Uh, he's a great recruiter. I know everyone says that about their hires, but he is a great recruiter. was a great recruiter at Alabama. And I know people will say, well, how hard is it to recruit at Alabama? Uh, well, we got some coaches on our staff right now and in the past who could not recruit at Alabama. It's not as easy as people think. Uh, and ironically, uh, his two best recruits at Alabama, uh, Calvin Ridley and Jerry Judy, two wide receivers that he was their wide receiver coach. Ironically, where are those two gentlemen from? They're from the state of Florida. So he's proven that he can, he can pull elite players from the state of Florida. I just think it's a wonderful, wonderful hire. Uh, he's going to be completely laser focused on the job. Uh, he's not going to be a guy that's going to run, want to run around the state and spend Saturday afternoons kissing babies at Bull Gator cookouts and, and, you know, pressing the flesh with people. He'll go to the events that he has to go to, but he's going to be all about doing what it takes to get Florida football back to the level uh, that they need to be. And let's be honest, that's not beating Kentucky or Missouri or Vanderbilt. That's beating the Georgia Bulldogs. That's beating Alabama in the SEC championship. You know, he took the Florida job with the goal to win the national championship. And something that Florida fans need to be really excited about this hire is I can assure you before he accepted this job, uh, Billy Napier was completely convinced that Scott Strickland and the university of Florida were going to make the total commitment to Billy Napier and his program to be successful because he, he understands that he just took a head coaching job in the toughest conference in all of college football and in order to be successful he knows that he's going to need the total buy-in from the University of Florida, and obviously he feels he got that from Scott Strickland. Tell us where we can go next. So this happened pretty fast. You know, maybe the conversations started with Billy Napier a few, you know, a couple, a few weeks ago, but you know, we heard uh, as of a week ago, Scott Strickland went to Louisiana, met with Billy Napier, and that's all Scott Strickland needed uh, to, you know, make an offer for him to be the head coach at the University of Florida. What do you think impressed Scott Strickland? You, you kind of hit on it just a bit, but what do you think Scott impressed Scott Strickland so much to where, hey, that is my target, that is my guy, that's the guy I'm going to hire at the University of Florida? Uh, he, the intelligence, I'm sure the intelligence came through, not just as a football coach, but as an individual, the attention to de detail. Uh, he's a, he's all business, okay? Uh, he, he's all he's all business. He's kind of a mini Nick Saban, and I hate to keep bringing Coach Saban's name up here because I don't want to imply that everything uh, that Billy Napier is accomplishing is because of Nick Saban because that's absolutely not true. It's been a powerful friendship for him. Um, but he, he's laser-focused. Tremendous competitor, detail oriented. Uh, I'm not surprised that he had a very uh, talented list of assistant coaches that he felt that he could bring to the University of Florida when he met with Scott Strickland. Everything he, I keep using this phrase, he's everything he does is calculated, uh, and that should bring comfort to Florida fans. He's he's not the fly by the seat of your pants uh, type of a coach. Um, obviously, Florida is a great great job. It's in the it's talent rich area there's a commitment from the gator fans and everything but it's a win-win hire it's a great job for for billy napier but scott strickland and the florida fans are getting a great great coach and i'm gonna make a crazy prediction here okay five years from now billy napier will be more successful at the university of florida than um brian kelly will be at lsu or Lincoln Riley will be at Southern Cal. And let's continue that conversation a bit, Kevin. You know, uh, Scott Strickland went to Louisiana, nailed down Billy Napier, but there was a lot of talk about the LSU job as well and Billy Napier. And if he would take that job uh, for, for LSU, already being there in Louisiana, already having those recruiting ties. You know, Josh Cole, I had on from the Raging Review podcast as well, you know, saying that he doesn't think Billy Napier would have taken the LSU job. Of course, a lot of LSU people on that side thinks he would have. So, of course, you know, it's according to who you talk to about this. 
but you know, maybe maybe more than just about uh, the game of football and whether if he would have taken the LSU job or not. But you know, obviously Scott Strickland knew who he wanted. At LSU, it took a while. You know, they fired Ed Orgeron uh, months ago uh, to get a head start for this head coaching job. They end up with Brian Kelly. Uh, you know, so you know a win for them as well at, at the same time. But still. Um, there was a lot of conversation if Billy Napier would have taken that LSU job at Falcon. I mean, I'm sure he would have looked at it. I mean, obviously, taking the LSU job is a step up from being the head coach at the University of Louisiana. But, I mean, there's a lot of cloud of uncertainty over Baton Rouge right now. You know, there's a Title IX situation. There's the, there's the NCAA issues that haven't been completely resolved. Uh, and the fact that, I mean, there's a lot of talent. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of talent on that LSU roster. But Ed Ogeron kind of, kind of left a mess, if you will. Um, you don't have the NCAA issue, issues and that, that dark storm cloud looming uh, in Gainesville. Florida, awesome, talented roster. Uh, needs to be upgraded some, but it's not like he's walking into the Vanderbilt job. So if you, if you kind of make a parallel of the two, um, I think you can easily make the assertion that you can step into the Florida job and be more successful uh, quicker and also not have to be looking over your shoulder wondering when the NCAA is going to knock on the door. Kevin, we can also – let's go back a little bit. You mentioned Nick Saban and the relationship there with, with, with Billy Napier. Um, so walk us through uh, Billy Napier's time in Alabama a bit and the relationship there with Nick Saban, how close they are, and, you know, what that kind of means for their current relationship. You know, would he have had uh, some conversations or a connection to Nick Saban uh, about this Florida job? Oh, I'm sure he did. I'd be shocked if he didn't. Uh, Billy Napier's first, uh, first time in Alabama was the 2011 season when he came as, in as an offensive analyst under uh, Brace Yourself Gator fans, uh, Jim McElwain was our offensive coordinator at the time. Uh, when Jim McElwain left at the end of that season to become the head coach at Colorado State, uh, Coach Saban helped uh, Jim McElwain put together an on- and off-the-field support staff uh, to be as successful as possible as he could uh, there in Fort Collins. And one of the people that uh, Coach Saban sent with Jim McElwain uh, was Billy Napier. Billy Napier served as the assistant head coach and the quarterback's coach uh, there for one year in Fort Collins. And then he returned in 2013 uh, as the wide receiver coach and recruiting coordinator at Alabama, position he held until 2016. And uh, Coach Haven loved it. I mean, their, their personalities are a great fit, their attention to detail, their drive, their focus, their all, all business. But one of the things that really, really impressed me about Billy Napier is uh, of all the coaches, of all the assistant coaches that Nick Saban had at Alabama, if I was to list the three or four best assistants who had the best working relationships with their players, it would be Billy Napier. And I'm not talking about being a player's coach and going soft. It's the opposite. He's a very demanding coach. And Gator fans better be ready for this. He will run off anybody on your roster who is not heart, soul, and mind committed to playing football for the University of Florida. You can prepare yourself for that right now. He will demand total buy-in to the program. However, as much as he asks from the players, he will invest more himself into the players. His, uh, his wide receiver players loved playing for him. They played hard for Billy Napier. They trusted him because he was an assistant coach who they realized actually cared about them as a person and not just as a player. And you're going to find that with his Florida players. He's going to make that personal investment in the players. And that's been a big part of the success of Nick Saban. The players understand Coach Saban has that. And that's going to be something he's going to bring to Gator Nation. So the Florida players are going to play hard for Billy Napier. But I mean it when I say anybody on that roster who is not ready to commit themselves completely to playing for the Gators best find a new home. Sounds good for a culture shift there in Gainesville, Cavs. So let's I'll, I'll get a couple of critiques in that I've have heard the, the since the hire was made in, in the last couple of days. And one you brought up his time at Alabama, and you know critics saying you know, Nick Saban or, or Dabo Sweeney, you know they either didn't retain him or they never promoted Billy Napier uh, to, to to bigger roles for their team. What do you say about that critique and you know his time there at Alabama? Yeah, excuse me. Um, at the end of the 2016 season, when Lane Kiffin was not retained as the offensive coordinator at Alabama, uh, we just assumed that Billy Napier would be promoted as offensive coordinator. 
Instead, Saban went outside the program, brought in uh, Brian Dayball from the New England Patriots. And uh, I think if Nick Saban, and this is not a knock on Brian Dayball. He was a great offensive coordinator. I think if Nick Saban had that choice to do over again, he would have promoted uh, Billy Napier. Billy Napier left, went to Arizona State for a year uh, before getting a job at Louisiana. Um, so I wouldn't take that as Nick didn't believe in Billy Napier. I think because of all the turmoil and the circumstances of Lane Kiffin, I just felt that he needed – I think he felt he needed to step outside the program to bring in an offensive coordinator. Okay, sounds good. Um and then one more critique, and of course this was going to come up. And you mentioned he went to Jim McElwain. He went with Jim McElwain to Colorado State, and then of course the Jim McElwain connection at Florida goes to Colorado State. Uh, outside of the Power Five, comes in and be the uh, come come in as the head coach at Florida. Of course, it didn't work out. So a lot of people are going to make that that parallel, that connection to Billy Napier's path to Florida as well. Not in the Power Five, going to be a successful head coach at a lower tier school, but then become the University of Florida head coach. So obviously the connection there to Jim McElwain, it, it uh, I guess raises the eyebrows of some uh, people out there as far as what the potential of Billy Napier is. Yeah, this is not Jim McElwain 2.0. I mean, he went to Colorado State for the betterment of his career. It wasn't that, you know, he was buying into the Jim McElwain plan, if you will. Um, in terms of philosophy, personality, I mean, they, Billy Napier and Jim McElwain could not be two more opposite individuals. So um, you're not getting McElwain 2.0. I, I just think that this is a phenomenal hire for the University of Florida. Uh, in the eyes of some people across the nation, Billy Napier is not a Ferrari hire, but to me it's a solid hire. Um, it's a hire that, as I said, I, I will be absolutely blown away, Gator Dave, if Billy Napier isn't ultra successful at the University of Florida. And by that, I mean beating Kirby Smart, winning the East, getting to the SEC championship game, dare I say, beating Nick Saban. I mean, could, is Billy Napier a coach that's capable of bringing a national championship home to Gainesville? My answer to that question is, I think he is. Yeah, some good stuff there. And, uh, you know, we, we, we go to, you know, Scott Strickland announcement and, you know, when he was looking for it, when the announcement was made, moving on from Dan Mullen, and then the announcement of Billy Napier being the head coach, it's about, you know, sustained success. And, you know, I, of course, starts from recruiting. Uh, we, we all know that. But it's about, you know, building the program, doing it, uh, you know, an approach, uh, a culture fit. And we get all these – Big splash hires out there the last couple of days. Lincoln Riley to USC, leaving Oklahoma. Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame for LSU. And while this may not be the splash home run hire, you, know, you, you hear that as well. And it still may, you know, as far as fit goes and what Florida actually needs at, at this point, you know, infrastructure, building, build, building the program inward and then going out, seems to be what Florida needs right now. You know, Florida, Florida needs substance. Florida needs to get back to playing fundamentally sound substance football. Tough on the, you know, tough on both offense and defensive lines. You've always had the skill position, but as you said, uh, you know, as you watch this Florida team this year, and in no Twilight Zone episode should the Florida Gators ever go two and six in the Southeastern Conference. In no universe should the Florida Gators ever lose to the Kentucky Wildcats, what, twice in two or three years. That just should never, never happen. But you can see, at times, a lack of commitment, if you will, to the program and some of the players and, and, and a kind of a lack of toughness when they got punched in the mouth. That's going to change under Billy Napier. This team is on and off the field going to get tougher. Uh, he's going to require a buy-in. I talked about the players. He's going to require a total buy-in from everybody in the program, from the student managers and trainers to the equipment people to those to the secretaries in the front office and the recruiting world. But at the same time, he's, he's going to take that saving blueprint. He's going to make every person in the football program at the University of Florida feel like my job is what this program depends on. So you're going to see buy-in across the board in the program, and it matters. You're going to say, right, well, what does that mean, Kevin? I'll tell you what it means. You, you can't just show up and be tough for 12 Saturdays in the fall. It takes a 365-day commitment strength and conditioning, nutrition program. You're going to see Billy Napier, uh, you know, bring all, demand that all of those are brought up to the, to the level of, of absolute excellence at Florida. You, you're, next year, 
could could be a bumpy year in some areas, as I said, as players are dismissed and this new culture evolves. And there'll be people that will not buy in on and off the field. And those people will leave and the Florida program will be better for it. I'm telling you, this hire was a great hire for the University of Florida, and it's going to pay dividends down the road. And I'll say this again, Billy Napier is a coach who's capable of not only getting in Kirby Smart's business, capable of sticking his foot up Kirby's backside, which is exactly what I want, and I want to know what the Gator Nation wants. <laughs> uh, Kevin, one more thing about that kind of blueprint there. You know, what, what about the you know staff and recruiting analysts? How, how does he go about building that? Is that a, a expansive look uh, into into changing this? You know, is it about numbers uh, and, and and quality for bringing you know and changing kind of the recruiting culture around at Florida? Absolutely. I was not the least bit surprised to hear that when he met with Scott Strickland that he had a very talented list of uh, assistant coaches that he was going to bring to Florida. That shows his uh, commitment to detail and preparation and not just jumping into a job and then I'll figure out once I've landed in the water. You're going to see him assemble. Uh, when I talked about you know, that he would demand a total commitment from the University of Florida to be successful, you're going to see a New England Patriot-like, Alabama-like uh, infrastructure emerge, I'm sure, in Gainesville with all the, you know, people pick on us about it, but all the analysts and all the off the field, you know, the, the large uh, re- recruiting office staff and everything. I have no doubt in my mind that he will bring that type of an infrastructure to Gainesville uh, because the reality is that's what you have to do to be the best in the best conference in America. And let's be honest. I mean, it's the University of Florida. They're not hurting for money. There's a tremendous passion for football in the state of Florida. You you trip over five-star players in the state of Florida. But all of that doesn't just naturally make wins happen on Saturday. I mean, unfortunately, your last coach just proved that. So Billy Napier is going to assemble the -the off-the-field infrastructure to get the maximum benefit that the University of Florida has. You know, I, I go back to a quote from Coach Bryant back in the late 70s talking about SEC football. Coach Bryant said, you know, if the University of Florida ever starts taking football serious, we're all going to be playing for second place. Yeah, then we, yeah, we, we saw that once Steve Spurrier stepped on the field uh, there as head coach of Florida and continued Urban Meyer and stuff. So maybe, you know, Billy Napier is one of those next two to, to following the line of those two guys. Uh, there at the University of Florida. Kevin, last part here, uh, I'll get with you. Dan Mullen, you know, it seemed like it fell apart pretty quick there, but you can see the writing on the wall in a lot of areas uh, for the head, for former head coach at Florida. Um, using your connections there from what you're also hearing around the, you know, the world of college football uh, and in the SEC, you know, Dan Mullen, is he, is he a head coach next year somewhere, Virginia Tech, Duke, maybe somewhere like that, OC in the NFL, uh, takes a step back, you know, Alabama rehab project. What do you what do you think could be next for Dan Mullen? Yeah, I'm sure that he would like to uh, possibly continue on as a head coach. Uh, I'm hearing that Penn State defensive coordinator Brent Pry has kind of emerged as the as the name right now at Virginia Tech. I know there's a lot of talk about Bill O'Brien. I can tell you, that I think Bill O'Brien would like to become a head coach again um, if if. Dan Mullen does not choose to you know, take another head coaching job or one may not be available for him. He is a very close personal friend of Nick Saban. I know we've talked about it on previous podcasts. Um, it would not surprise me uh, if he maybe took an opportunity to come to Father Flanagan's coaching rehab center, which is what I call Nick Saban's uh, coaching staff. It, it would not surprise me if Bill O'Brien moves on uh, to see Dan Mullen come to Tuscaloosa as Alabama's offensive coordinator because of their friendship, and it'd give him a chance to, you know, take a year or two and reevaluate where he wants his um, career to go. But I, I want to applaud Scott Strickland for making the move and moving on from Dan Mullen. I think bringing Dan Mullen back next. I don't care if he changed the whole staff, but Dan Mullen. I think that was just delaying the inevitable i applaud scott strickland for doing what was best for the university of florida and severing ties and moving on and he's made a phenomenal hire and the gator nation's going to reap the benefits of it sounds great kevin man i can't thank you enough for joining here on, on gators breakdown one more time not a florida alabama preview unfortunately for the sec championship game this weekend but giving us a lot of insight on who billy napier is well, I say, my friend, though, if, if Billy Napier does what I think he's going to do with the floor, uh, with the University of Florida, I think there's going to be several more previews down the road of SEC championship games between you and me between Alabama and Florida. 
All right, Kevin, man, that, that, that'd be what we both want here coming up here. Kevin Hagan joining us right here, giving us a deep dive into Billy Napier. Kevin, thank you, man. Always an honor, my friend. Have a great day, everybody. Man, you guys even more excited for the Billy Napier hire. I mean, great stuff there from those two guys. Great insight there from Josh and Kevin. Getting to know Billy Napier even more. Look, and this Sunday, we're getting to know him in Gainesville. His opening press conference will be Sunday. No, I don't know when you'll listen to this. No details as I'm recording this about what time the press conference will be, but uh, we get our first crack at Billy Napier on Sunday as he makes his opening press conference as Gators head coach. And then hit the road recruit. So everybody, thanks for checking out this episode of Gators Breakdown. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thank you for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.